0: Look, JR, you can count to five this time.
1: Well, I mean, I've got up to twenty because I got fingers and toes, man. I'll take my shoes off. We're good.
0: I know. I was checking to see if you understood. Look how you, doing. fancy with all your fingers and toes, man. Right?
1: I know. They didn't. They didn't take them from me when I was in the army. But you know, you never know with drunk life. Sometimes it'd be like that. All right. So, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. So, without further ado, I want to thank the kind folks over there at the Deep Fake Videos for getting us Nick on air. We promise it's maybe even almost him. Definitely totally not Doc behind the camera operating the smorgasbord. Of- no, it's
2: me. And you guys will see here momentarily.
1: Yeah, probably. That's the booze will do that to you. But uh, that's why we love you. You're a lovable lush. We wouldn't have oh, it any yeah. other way.
2: Well, I know. He's so
0: squishy. And
2: I know what the.
1: All right. So so we don't make that any more awkward than it has to be.
3: We have a distinguished group <laughs> of. Oh, dude, this first. whole
2: show topless.
3: No, yeah, let's see it, man. You can't you can't lay it out on the table like that if you're not going to do it. See, finally, finally, I get invited on a podcast that pays off. I've been doing this for years, hoping to work for one flash of man boob. So, we, we, there we you know go. For ten dollar tip,
1: he'll show you his feet. <laughs> hell, I'll do it for free.
3: We'll
2: do it right now. I'm more of a Cavs man myself, but uh you know, I, I, I got you. Me. I got you covered. But we'll do we'll do that later. That's a private yeah, show. That's, 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 that's my off, off
3: podcast. You can
2: follow my O fans.
1: <laughs> he's not
3: joking. He or really has one. Joking. I really no. do have one. Do
2: you really have an OnlyFans? Yeah, I did. So but I looked, told the story. Post post about on OnlyFans. Fans. Now I'm both I both. So post. Actually, here's here's my dumbass. Everyone's just posting like lewd crude in an exclusive you know stuff and i was posting comic book work because <laughs> i thought it was like In, patreon and it, it was supposed to be, be
1: that it was the first 10 minutes where that was what it was going to be it was going to be so now i follow like episode.
2: 30 people that just show their jugs all the time i'm not so mad that's it. best that's right. 12.95 well yeah it's for our purposes you know anatomy. anatomy
1: absolutely all right so james before we go too far off the uh not safe for work path can you introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers
3: yes absolutely my name is uh, james a hunter uh, i'm a best-selling san- uh, science fiction and fantasy author i have 25 or 30 i don't know you lose track but a lot of books published over 25 books published uh, i've been doing it full-time since uh 2015. i'm probably best known for Veridian gate online rogue dungeon bibliomancer the yancy lazaro series which is urban fantasy a bunch of other stuff and i also run shadow alley press which is a, a digital first science fiction and fantasy publishing company with my wife jeanette uh, we have about 15 different authors and just shy of 150 titles. So, that's And I'm a Marine, former Marine. Uh, served from 2005 to 2009, mostly with the 13th Meal, uh, stationed out of Pendleton. So, yeah, it's a little bit about uh, me. All right right so up the road from me. I'm in Imperial Beach.
1: So does that in 29 books and count the titles you publish as Chuck uh, Tingle, or is that a separate count?
3: Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Do you, do you know what kind of – I would kill to have Chuck Tingle's clout. That man is a living legend. To which we can all aspire, but it's not, I, I, I would never presume. I would never presume. Chuck, if you're watching, I'm sorry. Don't listen to these heathens. We all know. And that's
2: $45 I got to pay to Chuck Tingle right
1: now. <laughs> it's Dr. You Chuck know Tingle what? to you, sir.
2: No, no. I, I, I don't recognize doctors because that's why I still have to wear a mask.
1: <laughs> all right. So the next part of the introduction, dear listeners, how we first found them. So for me, it was really simple. Doc said, hey, you're going to do this thing or else. And so here we are. But uh I did Mary- not.
2: No, you threw a few more expletives, but family There were too.
0: no or else's there.
2: There's always the prettier, I but, said we're
0: doing
2: yeah. it's always implied the or else.
1: I mean, something about a silver bullet was mentioned. No, I think it's sexy
2: from there. Like, like JR has a problem with it.
3: <laughs> when she when she when she wants something, so I so so at Dragon Con, I, I have been putting off doing this fantasy dating game panel for like three years. Like it always sounded so horrifying to me. Like the idea of going up there. They are. a complete jackass out of myself. I was like, I can't do it. And this year she was like, I need you to do this panel. And I was like, but do you though? Is there somebody else? And she's like, you. And I was like, damn it. And then there I was on that panel at 10 o'clock at night. And like getting stupid drunk because I was like, "That's
2: the only way I'm gonna I'm gonna you work feel, this thing." You feel like you're an episode of Game of Thrones, like uh,
0: okay, you're wait. very
2: touch, commands, respect.
3: Didn't you
0: have fun?
2: I had so much fun.
3: I thought I was gonna be super miserable, and I ended up having a blast. So you were right, and I'm glad that I did it.
0: Thank did you. you. you I am right.
3: Did your wife bid on you,
1: or, or was she leaving you
0: hanging?
3: no so well she was cracking up in the audience i i probably did and i'm not drunk enough to do it again so don't ask please but i probably did the single worst british accent that anyone has ever done uh and 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 it was just Belligerent fun. I had it was a good time. We, good time. We should we
2: should probably hear this, right, Jr. The, yeah, I would think. So, I, I can't. I, I'm not. I'm. am really not drunk enough.
0: Once I get that video's back from the video editor, who's cleaning up the sound, I will share it in the podcast group. It's,
3: yes, it's, it's something. It is. It,
0: it is glorious
3: to watch. So,
0: so it's really hard on, to do on a the Canadian bright side. Accent. You you were great, and and it is actually very normal that. It, most of the panel is drunk. One of them, his wife got him so drunk, he didn't realize he said dick in a box on <laughs> you.
1: And now we said it, too. Outstanding. Now All we right. said it,
3: too.
1: So, uh, Nick, I, I know you showed up at the last minute. You know, we we dragged you out of the bar and your, your wife was, like, throwing coffee. You, you know how expensive
2: bed. those things are in this economy? A bar? No, I went to Costco and drank at home.
1: On the cheap. But, uh, Doc, how did you find these people? I'm assuming a bar is involved because it's you and you're not I found
2: them when I hit the link. That's how I found them.
0: There you go. Um, I am not an alcoholic. I'm
2: not disappointed.
0: (laughs) Because I don't go to meetings. And nobody likes to you're drunk. You go
2: to parties. Exactly.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So I met James at Liberty Con.
2: That's
3: right.
0: Yes. At Liberty Con in like... 19, I think? No. Yes.
3: I think that's right.
0: Yeah. And um, and you were so much fun. And then I met DJ actually in a bar at Dragon Club. The Weston bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> of
1: course you met someone in the bar, because that's just how you roll.
0: You know what? It's not my fault. Well, if you're going to meet anybody in a bar, the
2: Weston bar is probably the bar to do it.
3: That's the one. I mean, if you if you're like, a, if you're like a writer or so, sort of writer adjacent and you're at Dragon Con, the Western Bar is the place to crash.
2: It's The one time I was at Dragon Con, it was me and the a bunch of bar. big name artists at the Western Bar just time went on mm-hmm. and drawing, which none of our the, shit looked right.
0: The Dale thing at White Oak, that was also a really good bar to go to.
2: That
3: was really good. Dakota Dakota and Danielle, they know how to uh, how to how to put things together. And I, I feel so bad because I, I, I feel like I was supposed to introduce DJ and I did a terrible job. DJ is my buddy and my, he's a he's a, one of the writers at Shadow Valley. And uh, DJ, you should say things about yourself because I actually, DJ is an infuriating human being because he's better than literally everyone else on the planet and he knows it and he tries to downplay it. So uh, it's better if he tells you his intro because I'll be like, this is the smarmiest know-it-all man on the planet, DJ Bodden. So... DJ, why don't, you, why don't you, uh, you grace us with
4: your presence, please, sir? No, that, that, that pretty much recaps it pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm better <laughs> than James. Um, I, uh, I, I was know, also that's the a Marine. Worst part. That's um, the worst part. They, they offered to let me carry a rifle, but I was like, I don't like loud noises. So they, they put me in a helicopter instead uh, with a nice yeah, that's insulated cockpit. All right there. Um, uh, I, I, didn't realize at the time, you know, I, I was actually, uh, sitting in a, in an ambush and a Brown recluse kind of perched on my hand. And that's when I really decided to be a pilot. Um, but, uh, what they didn't tell me was I'd have to go to two years of like aeronautics and thermodynamics and a whole bunch of other things. I mean, I, I remember getting like put in a penalty box once because I didn't know where the, well, anyway, these things that were on the tail rotor, um, that, that didn't really matter. And I never had to learn about again. Um, I, uh, I also, uh, was a, a coffee trader for a couple of years. So, um, I've spent some time in East Africa and Asia and Papua New Guinea and Australia. Um, he also grew, grew up, up in New Monaco. Guinea. He grew What's up that?
3: in Monaco. And oh yeah. I grew America. up in Monaco. Uh,
4: like I used to go to the Grand Prix for free. It was a little bit annoying because you couldn't cross the street. You had to go under it um what birds did i fly i flew cobras um ah1 whiskeys with the the tsu um i got it right at around the time where they got this bleepity bleep 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 secret not allowed to talk about it but it was a lot of fun um um and i've got some pretty good stories about that like one of my favorites was we were flying over this village and this this like afghan guy in like full get up right i mean it, it looked like you know, the beast, the movie about the Soviets in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. getting completely overrun. He was like dressed up in the full getup, uh, which wasn't actually that common at the time. Most of them had the, the, like the little hats with the little widow's peak in it. But this guy was in full on, like I'm going off to the mountains, get up. And he like bursts out of this garage, riding a bike and like doing the full James Bond routine. And we weren't looking for him at all. We were just flying overhead. So, you know, natural chase instinct, goes in and we're using a 10 million dollar uh, aircraft to chase him down these tiny little like mud hut streets uh he's while he's doing <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh long story short um uh also coffee trader before that i was a marine before that i grew up in monaco monaco's awesome and thanks for having me and
3: so is it like true then, languages you- fluently too which is so disgusting i mean really it makes me sick how good he is at things
1: so is it true when you caught up with that guy on the bike that you offered to extend him his car's warranty?
4: No, but uh, I did tell him that he could a bunch of money using Geico car insurance. Oh, that's, awesome. that's appropriate. That's very nice of you. If they uh, serve so their country, on, they could get USAA. Mm-hmm.
1: So on a scale of zero to
4: Now swap, for friends right? and family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how, how would you compare your helicopter skills to the army helicopter pilots?
4: Um, well, uh, I mean, it's a different mission, right? Um, not, not to get too serious about it, but the, the army is airborne artillery, right? So they fly to a position, they hover and they fire a bunch of rockets in a direction. Um, the, the Marine Corps does close air support. So what we do is just very different from what they do. Um, I I couldn't speak to their skills as pilots, but I could tell you that the mission's different. I'm just
1: a little bitter. We called air support, and in the middle of a firefight, tracers going both directions. We can't identify the target. You're on your own. Yo, like, oh, I said a few choice words over the radio, but and that's uh, where the
2: eleven Charlies this, come in because they can't identify the target and they don't care.
4: We just block them. <laughs> So yeah, I did both sides of the what, house. It was like uh, it was a
2: churro at a festival. Just
4: <laughs> I did the pilot thing, and I did the forward air controller thing. Um, and I actually had uh, uh, troops in contact where I surrender. I, I basically did it type three, where the uh, the aircraft started shooting on their own recognition, um, which was interesting. Um, but we we again we we operate close to the troops.
1: All right, and so since James already gave his. Awesome. Since James That's already awesome. gave his bio uh, with his, his bibliography, we're going to ask you here just so we can get it out of the way. What are you what have you like written? What are you known for?
4: Um, I, I've written a bunch of of, of stuff. Um, now, I, I started a, a science fiction universe called the Fivefold Universe, um, kind of trying to build a fandom from the ground up, uh, starting from books instead of a board game or TV. So knock on wood, we'll see how that goes. Um, I also write in uh, James's uh, Fivefold Universe uh, or, Viridian Gate Online uh, universe. So I've got uh, a. Because he's the giving away series. his IP. What's <laughs> that?
0: You gave away your IP. I don't
4: I, know. I, I, um, uh, no, I am not Complicated context. My so IP. I really happen. like it. Um, and then uh, I also wrote some urban fiction back when I was yeah. young and stupid and didn't realize it was really hard to sell. Um, but they're really nice books. If you ever want like a vampire fic, that's somewhere between uh, Underworld and Harry Potter.
1: Did they sparkle?
4: No, they didn't. No. They didn't sparkle. Um, and they killed a lot of people. Uh, it was very, nice. you know, therapeutic. DJ, DJ again, because he's humble, which also is
3: sickening. Uh, it's called the Black Year series. And that's actually how I found DJ is uh, this is way back in the day. Uh, <laughs> a buddy of mine, Eden Hudson, who's also one of my co-authors. Uh, turned me on to DJ's Black Ear series, and that's how I sort of like stumbled upon DJ, uh, and eventually
4: it turned into this thing.
2: Is that how you two met?
4: Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I was bullshitting with Eden on Twitter, um, and James kind of like wandered in, and I read his books, and I liked his books. Um, he read my books, he liked my books, he wrote a nice review. I remembered the review when he put out a call for submissions. He was actually happy to see me in the roster. Um, I felt and safe. Now you guys live together yeah. in the Hamptons. And 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 then Absolutely. you know, I whenever we mm. walk together, we like to hold Rebo. hands.
2: And and you know, <coughs> I mean, Marines like we, and beaches. I mean, it just goes hand yeah, in hand. Exactly.
4: Hand They're just I, pretty I much. A, I
3: was at 0481. I was a, I was a, a landing support specialist. That was my actual MOS. So I mean that that was our supposed to be our job is 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 beach setups and invasions. That's what we did. Is we took beaches. Long that's not the actually what I did because the Marine Corps doesn't need anybody to take take beaches, so they just attached me as a convoy machine gunner to a motor T unit. But uh, but in theory, I was a, I was I took beaches. So yeah. okay, and so you guys and,
2: met outside of the realm of the military.
3: Yeah, we I, I had already been separated for for several years. My wife and I were were actually living in uh, uh, Thailand. We were uh, international aid workers in Thailand and Bangkok, and uh, that's when I first started writing. And it was not too long after that that I met DJ. But DJ was in Geneva at that
2: point, or or uh, yes, I think Geneva.
4: Yeah, was in Geneva or New York. All right, so I'm remember. interviewing
2: two people that make me feel like a horrible human being because you guys both are awesome and humanitarians. No, it's 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 all it's all
3: for show, man. I don't know. What to yeah, tell don't, you. Worry. don't Don't
2: don't yeah. let that get out. No, that no, 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 for show. You guys are actually good about it. <laughs> it's because I just Geneva I just need to reevaluate people. my life function. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm sure James can help you with that. I mean, he's just no. I'm just gonna keep
2: drinking. John Jameson. Thank you,
4: DJ. Thank you. (laughs) No, you guys sound
3: awesome. This this interview is gonna
2: be so much
1: fun. If you ever want to write a book, you know, James will hook you up. Mm -hmm. You got a I I carve
2: carve. things into flesh and uh, wood. So I don't know if writing a book is really my forte. Comic book, maybe. Mm Come on, you just intimidate it with your smart-ass mouth. I just did. did, did, Are you a tattoo artist, Nick? I can draw anything you want.
1: He's a comic book artist.
2: You got, you Wait, got some left. You got 30s. some room left on those arms, or are we going to the legs here? What are we doing? I just got
3: the one, but I, but this one's this one's empty canvas, man.
2: Yeah. Oh God, I love an empty canvas. You, you James need to draw, like a Crayola. <laughs> I'm gonna draw guy. you like one of my French girls, bro. the tattoo arts, I. Ran out of money. So. so, so
1: Doc, can we give Nick a gold star for not making jokes about Thailand? Because I'm really proud of him. He resisted temptation. Oh, no.
2: I do not talk about Thailand at all.
0: <laughs> the reason he didn't is I because – I was there of... for a month. I
2: do not talk about it ever. I don't care how much you whiskey me up. I will never divulge it. I'm taking all that shit I have
0: I, I have like a, a $200 bottle of rum for you. <laughs>
3: I, don't I mean, know. Bangkok, it, it depends where you go in Thailand. I mean, a, a lot of people end up in Phuket, but uh, like Bangkok, man, that city would just eat you up, man. It is it – is, like on the surface, it's kind of glitzy and fun. You spend any more than about two weeks there, and you're like, oh, my God, this this place eats people. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's it's, it's definitely Bangkok Bangkok. a Bangkok. Yeah. So did you deploy as a,
1: as a machine gunner when you were uh, attached to the convoys, or, or did you do it all in training?
3: I'm sorry, say that one more time.
1: You, you mentioned that you were uh, doing convoy operations, which is what I did. So I was curious if you actually did that forward or if you just did it in the rear
4: Well, wow, that's no, nope, I mean, what butterfly switches, James. Butterfly, are we not doing
2: phrasing anymore? What's going on here? Uh,
3: no, yeah, I, I did that forward. So my, I deployed to Iraq in 2007. Uh, we were in the Al anbar region and uh, okay. so operating out of uh, TQ. And our job was to build uh, forward operating bases for our grunts who were searching for weapon caches. So we would we would do lots of runs. We were out out uh, forward of the wire pretty much all the time, uh, supporting combat engineers and supporting ground uh, ground units. So that's that's kind of what I did for just nine months is just run run convoys throughout Ambar. So that was a big part of my first deployment. My second deployment, I did less of that. We were part of uh, CTF one fifty one, which was the joint pirate hunting task force that was responsible for saving captain phillips so that was a, a very minor historical note as i was uh, a, a very tangential role to that uh, that uh, operation where the somali pirates were killed and, and captain phillips was saved and then he went to the next oh game and we stayed on ship for another i don't usually
2: ship. say this but raw
3: so <laughs> so you get, you lived in the land
1: of moon dust in Ville. so that's always fun
2: yes i did
1: I've uh, yeah, I spent a, a few retail. missions resupplying the Marines there so that was definitely interesting
3: that moon dust man people don't know it gets I, everywhere. I, I can still remember just how powdered how it just gets in every crevice even I think I have, I have
2: a couple of a bags that still has that shit in it
3: I, I have a, a, <laughs> I'm looking at a flight suit that I pulled out of a of a footlocker that I have over here and I it still smells like I mean I, I must have watched that thing a hundred <laughs> times and it still smells like Iraq and moon dust.
1: Yeah, in the black mold and all the, the transient tents, that was always fun. All right, Doc, we're gonna go into like Brofest territory, and you're gonna feel left out with all the testosterone. So I'm There's gonna. There's no
0: going. You. You're already solidly there. It's. But you okay. you can
1: turn this ship around, like just you Would know. You
4: say we're in deep. <laughs> yes, we are. In deep. That's <laughs> also a phrasing. Uh-huh. Deep,
1: baby. So that's where we actually got in a got See, hit. They loves
0: Marines because they have worse. He thinks they have worse counting skills than he does.
1: At math. It's also true, though. It is true, though.
2: No, they <laughs> I mean, they they, te- they teach Marines math in two things: MARSOC and aviation. I was I was I was not part of uh, I was not part of the Air Wing, and
3: I wasn't part of MARSOC. so I I I, uh, I don't know any math. Uh, yeah, and so you already heard it. he
0: has no idea how many books he has out. It's more than twenty-four.
3: So the, yeah, uh, 24. you can follow the Nick
2: Barber Foundation for teaching Marines math at <laughs> Nick <Carver>, teaches <laughs> the Marines math. I need flashcards, Nick. Very simple. My little drumming. James, I got you, man. I got you. I draw pictures, bro. That's it. That's what I need.
3: So
1: I actually got a coin from the Marine Air Wing Commander when we did a resupply (laughs) for them when I was there at 05. So we did a lot of work for them. We also got in firefights with Marines. That whole. okay
2: With Marines. Not against. Not against. Not well, sometimes friendly fire is a. Actually, there,
1: there was that friendly fire incident, but luckily, that one shot one kill is a rumor because I'm still here.
2: Rangers <laughs> are more afraid of the 82nd Airborne showing up than any enemy we've ever faced.
1: I believe it. Those jerkwads. That's why I was 101st. All right, Doc, you can ask him the relate. Yeah, you question. were
2: almost airborne.
1: I was <laughs> a leg infantryman in the 101st, but it still counts. Damn it!
0: I will beat <laughs> both of you, and I, until you don't like it anymore. So, <laughs> which, okay, hold
2: on. Hold on. I gotta use my toast for this to calculate.
0: So, religion question. One. We're talking right, sci fi. <laughs> Starship troopers, aliens, or avatar. Which one would you pick?
4: For what? Religion your religion question. The sci fi religion question.
0: Sci fi I mean, religion
4: question uh for religion there is no religion in in aliens avatars is, is gaia theory um so let's not get into that so wow, that just means with avatar or, or I got a last airbender right or what, no, what was avatar, the other which, which avatar
3: are we talking about we're we talking about james cameron avatar or avatar last airbender
0: i'm pretty sure, sure James jr so, probably meant avatar the sci-fi one because he thinks this is the site This is normally like we do three sci-fi t- titles.
1: And I went um, with ones that had marines. And
4: Cisco likes anime, so it
2: could be the Last Airbender. I don't know. No, I Airbends, the
0: Last Airbender is sci-fi. Is fantasy, no, not fantasy.
4: sci-fi. No, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, if you really look at it, it's post-apocalyptic. It is fair, fair.
0: Particularly if you get into the, the Legend of Korra. I, I,
2: I can solve this problem yeah. real quick by rephrasing the question. Yeah, yes. go for it. Starship Troopers, Aliens, or Dune.
4: What the hell is Dune. wrong with you? I haven't Marines, definitely. Dune.
3: Dune, no, Dune is so theologically complicated. There are so many cults in Dune. Do you know how many cults there
2: are in Dune? DJ, no, but the
3: dresses cults are amazing. Cults Dune, I need something a little bit more simple, stupid. I am, a, I, I am, a Star Wars. By nature. you want me to replace Dune with Star Wars, you simpleton? Obviously, <laughs> obviously.
2: Hey, if I can have
3: Jedi, magical space one. wizards. I will take me some magical space wizards,
2: sir. So sure, when they asked crazy. me this question Back when, when I, had I was on they put Harry Potter and Star Wars in the same question. And I said, I choose Harry Potter, but it's Star Wars with shittier lightsabers. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and all the fence, though, in Dune, the fat guy had the magic power. So, I mean, I, I might be in like, Clint. No, what? what? The
0: Kwisak? He did not on? have any power. What the hell are you talking about? He had a floating <laughs> suit. That's all he had.
1: That counts as power.
0: It does not.
2: Well, now, when it's you said, no, the it's, parents,
3: it's, it's it's the mod had all more power than that guy the spice than had the
2: power. <laughs> they are actually the 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 spice skills
0: and you're going to Dune.
2: like literally fold
0: space. And pay attention this time.
2: So so in this question I get the
3: powers of the religion of the movie is that how it works? No, you get the no, really, so like, we're trying to ask you, you
2: that the between the three th- movies that we presented, what is your favorite and what you most identify with? If I'm going to have to break it down even further.
4: Oh, um, Aliens.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck. The automated <laughs> turret and the, uh, the director's cut. I mean, that uh-huh. is the coolest scene in sci-fi, like, ever.
1: So- so, Nick, in my defense, no one has ever taken it to the actual theology in the movies until the Smarty Pants DJ came on board. And then, like, James just sort of Dude, went you were, oh, That must be what they meant. You were messing with <laughs> aviation. Yeah, you aviation. You are, like,
2: you, like you were messing with aviation. You can't do that. You were, like, messing with squirrels, man. You're like, don't do that, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. I like that. No, I'm the impressionist of the show.
1: show. You're the comic relief. That is for sure. All right. So James, I'm R2D2.
3: Okay, and now, now D2. that I know, now that I know that I'm not picking a fictional religion in which I have to adhere to the tenets of the faith,
2: that uh, should be the
3: fate I, of Keen. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, now I might go with Doom. Now, now, now that I know that I don't have to be inducted into the cult and and served as fodder for the sandworms, I might go with Doom. <laughs> lot of lot of political intrigue, lots of really great world building. I mean, uh, it's 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 it's. I'm super stoked for the the
2: the new reboot, man. I'm, the honestly, trailer looks James, uh, James. I'm I'm so glad you say that. We meet on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
1: Doc, give me a second before you ask the next one. We actually were going to do a review of the Dune stuff for this as uh, one of our fireside discussions. I'm, I'm the you.
2: only Dune aficionado in this group.
1: Now, James, you get to come since back. Right? You get to nerd
2: I've, out with us since fucking like 2000. When no. I first read it. I, I, I believe that Dune,
3: Dune is so like like the because 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 I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Kevin J. Anderson who writes all of the extended universe books of, of Dune, and there's so much material there that I feel like like you would legitimately need to be a Dune scholar. Like to if Netflix know about all did a series
2: and, and oh yeah, if Netflix could run a ten-year show on Dune. Or Hulu or any oh, other yeah. streaming service, and, yeah, I, and my dumb ass would be there just eating it up for ten years. All
1: right, so James, that is is depth. This is a really off the grid question, but given that they're a little bickling bickering fit, do you put your money on the the crazy medic or the crazy ranger sniper? It's a hard call.
3: Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on Doc because I know her and I know she'll beat the crap out of me next time I see her if I bet against her. So I so, never
0: uh, would. I'd have Janet do it.
3: <laughs> All right, Doc. Ask the fantasy yes. question. That's where my money goes. Good old K <laughs> up.
0: Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay.
2: <laughs> it's like Joe Rogan, but with less weed.
1: And classier, maybe.
2: Okay, not classier, really, but- maybe. But I did just take some ivermectin, and I feel great.
0: Okay.
2: I hear things about that. Yeah, I just, I I put the ivermectin, I scooped it in like an ice cream cone on a waffle cone, which made it fantabulous. And uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm COVID free, like since the whole thing began. So. We're going to miss the YouTube channel
1: when they cancel us now. All right, Doc. (laughs)
2: They'll just just mute my part.
0: Pirates of the Caribbean, Sinbad Legend of the Seven Seas, Ooh, or Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, which didn't have really Marines in it. No, no, it had, had Marines, but it's it not really. Pirates. No, it
1: had
2: pirates. It, it was pirates, pirates, yeah. Captain Nemo, pirates. Oh, well, I love Atlantis.
0: I love the cartoon Atlantis. I thought it was great when they did the animated.
4: Movie. Oh yeah, yeah that, that one was like no, We'll do Atlantis,
0: Fox. Pirates of the Caribbean, and Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas.
4: But if you do Atlantis, you have to compare it to Treasure Planet, don't you? Treasure is amazing. Awesome. Oh my god, no, show that. I
3: don't,
0: because that's sci fi.
4: That's
2: true. This
0: that is fair. fantasy.
2: Space fantasy, but. Yeah. Are, are we really saying 10,000 leagues in the sea is not. 20,000 leagues under
4: the oh sea. 20,000 20, 20, leagues. It's, it's, it's kind of classic. That, that's sci
0: fi, dude. No, it, it is sci fi. Yeah. JR was the one who said it was sci- fantasy, not me. Smacking.
1: All right. You're closer De- to him. Defend your case.
0: Oh. How is it sci fi? It involves Africa. science. There is no, no.
4: magic. Yeah, no I, science, mean, the, the core I mean, it may be wrong science, but it's still science. Discovery. Okay, so
0: we're,
2: we're at the point of the show where I'm going to hurt your feelings. I'm going to be all right. You can be upset. <laughs> I'm be all right. I
0: have no feelings. Really? Like, I'm gonna,
1: we know. Uh, mine were surgically removed from <laughs> the NCO Academy. So, go ahead. Hurt my feelings. We're waiting.
2: Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're comparing military dicks here, I guess I'll just do that. PLDC, B knock, A We're not playing um, that game. We oh, moved on oh, from that. Then the I went to the OCS. Then I went, went to IODC. And then, and then I went to the maneuver captain's career
0: course.
1: Good for you, but we're talking about 20,000 people under
0: the We're not, not going to do body. the military mating flight. No, that's later.
2: Why do you think it's fantasy? Why do you
0: think it's fantasy? Let me ask because you that fantasy question. Fantasy
1: can have science in it. I mean, they had siege engines in medieval times, and a lot of fantasy is set there. It's just nobody steam said power. that
0: fantasy can't have science. Okay, no, so no, it's no, like don't make it that it. are It's
2: a strong fantasy,
1: the and there's like which is it a lot of fantastical analogy. creatures. I just
2: I'd break that
1: down to you. It's got fantastical right. creatures in it that weren't aliens. All right.
4: Often, it's when fantasy has science in it, it's steampunk, right?
1: And it's Google said it was fantasy. It falls
2: more on the sci fi than the fantasy. Google is like a here. gradient curve. It's not a hard line. Where, I'm just okay, saying Google disagrees disagree. with you.
0: You guys see what doing. <laughs> I deal with.
4: I'm pretty impressed, honestly. You seem I, yeah, very no, even-keeled for, I'm, for, I'm, I'm for everything you go, three,
2: you go through. For my dear listeners, you know that I'm very passionate about things and we <laughs> are across the
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, Doc. Save us from <laughs> ourselves. Let's move this ship forward.
0: Okay. <laughs> see so- what I did
1: there, ship? Nautical, marine. See, see. So we have
3: Atlantis, Pirates of the Caribbean, and what was the last one?
0: Uh Sinbad and Legend of the Seven Seas. Sinbad, Sinbad. the yeah.
2: Spensies, yeah.
3: Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pirates all the way. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's got, it's got some, it's got some low points later on in the franchise. I will admit. But man, some of those some of those early movies they do some really fun stuff, and I like myself a crazy wonky adventure uh, where the good guys win. And uh, and man, Pirates of Caribbean has a lot of crazy wonky adventures
2: and some good sword fights. That's some amazing sword sword fights fights. throughout the entire series. Also
3: zombies. I like zombies and curses. Who doesn't love Who doesn't love underwater zombies?
2: You don't love uh, underwater zombies? No, I do.
4: My question is, oh yeah, no, it any doesn't. any
3: kind of zombie really is 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 fine by me. Underwater zombies are the least explored category of zombie, in my opinion.
4: Does that make it horror? I'm am just checking.
2: Oh, no, it's definitely got some horror. It, actually, it would. Who would um, agree? Probably horror adventure comedy would be the sub sub mm-hmm. genre.
4: But yeah, yeah, yeah I go with Pirates of the Caribbean too. <laughs> um, my 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 heart wants to say Twenty Thousand Leagues, uh, but Pirates of the Caribbean that is wasn't so much more. Option
2: elevated. DJ, we we struck that one from the <laughs> board. Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. When you're supposed to be better than everybody else. He is, <laughs> and we just haven't figured it out yet. He probably just elevated this whole conversation to a different class level, or t- okay. or submerged
4: it, <laughs> right,
1: Nick. All right, Doc. Let's let's <laughs> save this. You're, you're okay, supposed to bring the so- let go rope.
0: What is it that you love about the speculative fiction genre? Uh, we're going to start with DJ because he's been quieter and I better have. behaved.
4: It's been tactical. All of you. Um, I love speculative fiction um, because I'm uh, crazy as a loon or a nicer way of saying that is neuroatypical. And speculative fiction allows you to remove an assumption, right? So you, you, it's it, it's for me, it's about removing. It's not about adding. It's about removing. So you, you have a reason why human beings can't act like rational uh, creatures because burglars. And speculative fiction allows you to say, there are no more burglars because I invented a McGiffin. And, and because of the McGuffin there are no burglars and therefore you have to be rational. Um, and I, I like that.
0: Okay, how about
3: approach. you, James? That was, that was so complicated. I, li- I, like, I like silly stories. Where people get to go pew pew, and then there's like swords, <laughs> and they're like ting ting, and then there's like rockets. <laughs> <sighs> That's what I like about speculative fiction. is Most
0: marine answer ever. <laughs>
3: is I can do whatever I want. I can tell whatever kind of story I want. I can, I the things that I avoid writing, like so, like horse. I don't know anything about horses, and so I never put horses in any of my books. Or I try to avoid putting horses in my books. Instead, I'll be like, he's riding a dragon now, because you know what. Dragons are fake. You can't tell me the anatomy of a dragon or how fast a dragon can gallop. So I can just make stuff up and then people pay me money for it. It is literally the best job I've ever had. I can't believe it's a real thing that exists and that people pay me to do. It's incredible. So many rockets, so many lasers, so many many dragons. dragons. Amazing, amazing.
1: I know this might get us banned from YouTube, Doc, (laughs) but I just can't resist. As he was talking about marine things, my former Marine buddy, because you can't call them ex-Marines, they get real pissy. Uh, just sent me this.
2: Yeah, they get they get real pissy.
1: So I thought you're <laughs> getting that, oh,
4: that man. that's
2: any military member on Liberty in Thailand. It's not like true. Marines don't corner the market on that shit. I,
1: I know I just I figured the timing was so appropriate that I could not share
2: it. That's awesome. That's awesome. You don't talk about. All right, Doc.
0: What is your first memory engaging with speculative fiction? So we're gonna go with DJ.
4: Um, when I was nine years old, I dragged Stephen King's It into my platform bed and decided I was going to read it. Um, I understood maybe about like two thirds of it. Like there's a really uncomfortable scene involving one girl and several young boys, and I didn't quite get it at the time, but now I think it's wildly inappropriate. Um, but um, uh, I, I, honestly, I, I thought that book was really good for me as a kid, um, which is probably a sign that you know we should just all slowly back away. Um, but again, it's about removing something, right? It, it, it's that whole book to me as a kid was anything that scares you, you can overcome if you can just make yourself believe that you can. Um, So hugely transformative for me. So, is so it with
0: nine-year-olds and Stephen King novels?
3: I got
1: right Stephen King at that age. I get it.
3: All, all of all of Stephen King, like like not all of them, but like a vast majority <laughs> of Stephen King books have have child
0: protagonists.
3: Yeah. Like, hey, listen, man, Stephen we all flew Kings down here. Adults don't acknowledge. We like, all That's so. a big part of this thing.
0: Yeah, I no, remember I, she, no, Like, I, I am like seriously. I'm going to start. Ch- inspecting my son's books more closely at this rate you
4: probably should, should. you well, know the best thing here. to do is just tell A him ten exactly ten. which books he shouldn't read and and make sure they're like really inaccessible uh and and that'll definitely make sure he never ever goes near them you should definitely have the, the blacklist
2: so. of books your child cannot read because i possibly could not see that coming <laughs>
0: um, yeah no I, I would right. totally do that i am manipulative
2: so since this is probably going to be my last show, you can send all the hate mail to nickarberdesigns at gmail.com.
0: <laughs> right,
1: did, did you let James answer? I was too busy giggling.
0: No, James's answer. I was going to ask James what his answer to this is.
3: So, so, you know, funnily enough, I actually like, like a lot of authors are like, oh, I loved reading from a young age. I knew from the second grade when I was, you know, eight years old that I wanted to be an author. That was not the case for me. I was not a, 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 like a voracious reader as a, a child or even through middle school. Uh, it wasn't until uh, high school, actually, Stephen King, uh, the, gun, uh, the Dark Tower, the gunslinger, the first book in that series was sort of my first uh, uh, entry into speculative fiction. And then um, my 10th grade English teacher, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I kind of went down the horror train first, but my first big fantasy book, which left this uh, like a, a deep impact in my life, was, was Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, the Eye of the World, the first book my 10th grade English teacher recommended it to me and got me a copy of it. Um, And, uh, and man, I tore through that thing. And that, that sent me on a rabbit hole of like, I I just didn't realize that sort of these big sweeping epic fantasies that could take you and transport you into these other worlds that are so diverse and so realistic and have so much nuance to them. And and for me, that was just, I mean, it, it just absolutely sort of changed my worldview. And it made me interested, not just in books, but also in writing for the first time, the idea of like, people can tell stories like this. I want to be able to tell stories like this. So that was that was a, a big sort of watershed moment for me.
1: So what is it you love about, you've talked about sort of your first memories of it, but you haven't necessarily pinpointed other than joking about lasers and pew pew, what is it you love about speculative fiction? So we're going to give you a chance to be serious, James. Okay. And- DJ will make us all look dumber for his answer. Uh, it's true.
3: No, so I, I, think the, I think the serious idea and um, why I enjoy speculative fiction so much is because uh, in speculative fiction, you have an opportunity, and this is part of the reason why I like horror as well, you have an opportunity to present uh, deep psychological problems in a real manifest way that characters then have an opportunity to overcome. And we don't get that in our real life. Uh, oftentimes the, the villains or the monsters or the things that my characters are going against represent real tangible things in our lives. Um, But you can't punch depression in the face. You can't, you you can't put anxiety in a headlock. But in a book, you can manifest those things as characters or as larger, sort of larger forces that the character has to work through. And as the character works through those things and overcomes those things, I think it gives readers uh, a catharsis. And it also helps them to understand that, wow, this person's not real and this thing isn't real, but they were able to, to face the challenge and overcome the obstacle. And I think that that brings that, that, you bring that back into your life and it gives you the courage to overcome those same obstacles in your life. So I really enjoyed that part of speculative fiction of being able to really examine um, sort of abstract ideas in very concrete ways where you can kind of explore the nuances of them. So I really like that.
1: All right. And can you top that DJ and make him feel like tiny? For his answer.
3: Uh,
4: you know, I, I, I just really love the fact that you can walk into a conversation with someone who's just like a little bit shallow, like um, uh, and and they can say, hey, what kind of movies or books do you read? And it said, I read sci fi and it just immediately switches them off like they they cannot think of a place they would rather be than anywhere near you. Um, and, and I think that's almost a superpower, right? You're, you're at a cocktail party or, or you're in a bar and someone walks up to you and, and, uh, you know, starts a conversation that you don't want to be in. And you can just be like, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but would you like to talk about the three body problem by Jing Liu? And then it's just done. You know, you can, you can just (laughs) shashay away out of that conversation. You're done.
3: And if they do want to talk about the three-body problem, it's a win-win,
4: right? Right. That's the,
3: it's the best litmus test for do I want to associate with you and spend valuable time talking to you?
4: I mean, it's a, it's an open carry smoke bomb. That's, that's all it is. I can dig that. All right. So how did your love of
1: speculative fiction, the genre and the open carry smoke bomb that it is for you transition into you writing stories in this space, DJ?
4: Um... Well, uh, like, like James, uh, it, it, it's a, a story mired in moon dust and, and, and the end of conflict. I, I had a good friend uh, who, like, they were saying it to me in, a, in one of those ways where someone's being, like, a little bit ignorant and really rude, but they don't realize it. Um, I, I told them I write books, and their immediate response is, yeah, my dad says that uh, writing uh, stems from boredom, um, so, so basically I live a really boring life. Um, but, uh, I was at the or end of the intellectual was actually minutes. bored. So you, you kind of hate it when those people are right too. Um, but, uh, we, we had two weeks to, to kind of turn over to the oncoming unit. Um, it only took one week to turn over what we had. We'd, we'd done a pretty good job and things were peaceful And and the guy was just sick of me. So he said, listen, I got it. Go sit in your tent. Um, And I had a laptop. So I cranked out a book. Um, It it was like Aaron Michael Ritchie levels of fast. Like I wrote an entire book in a week. Um, And it was so awful. Um, Like I I was super excited about this uh, because I I, I wrote good in English class when I was a kid. So I thought this book thing is going to be a cinch. And I paid for one of those like uh two cent per word editors uh uh who you know on his website said i was the first editor that ever you know signed on stephen king i was super excited he's going to come back and tell me how awesome my story was and it came back with more red on the page than black um and and i'm a little bit of a glutton for it was a sci-fi story um and and now i know all the things that are wrong with it it still lives in a box um but i was a little bit of a glutton for punishment and i actually read all his notes and then i put it in a box and i put it away um but that was that was it for me that was what started me writing was that understanding because i think if if it had been a decent book that i'd gotten and it like it would have been successful but not that successful i would have gotten bored with it but because it was just like such a gauntlet laid on the table of this is all the shit you don't know um that launched me on a a 10 years of get good um and and try to try to understand this thing
1: yeah I jokingly wrote a blog post after I got my first edit for my first book. I, you know, I titled it "Tears of Blood" or "How I Learned to Take It Like a Man," because uh, my first novel was pretty much all red as well. I, I totally relate to that. All right, James, you get to see if you can top that. Do you think you can? Are you ready? Do you need a deep
3: breath? Take a shot of something. I don't know. I should. I should have come prepared with more shots. No, I just had coffee. Um. So I'll I keep the I, bottle in the office. Yeah, you can always fall I,
4: back on the British accent, man. Oh yeah, done, we're waiting, done, we're waiting for God! God! Uh, no,
3: waiting. I, so I, I had started sort of writing short stories when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, just as a way to sort of entertain myself. Um, I had, I, I wrote my first full novel while I was in Iraq. I was actually coming back from Iraq. I was in a, a CB camp in uh, um, Ali, just outside of Ali, Asali. and I wrote my first full novel, which was bad. It was really bad, like most first full novels are. Uh, and then I had started writing a second novel after that, and then it kind of fell off. I got out, you know, I kind of continued to write on and off in the Marine Corps, um, and then it just kind of like went away. I, I get bored very easily, and so I was like, okay, that's kind of out of my system. It's done. I don't need to do this anymore. And I probably I didn't write very much from you know two, 2010 to when I wrote my next novel. Um, I started writing again when I went to Thailand. So my wife and I were living in Thailand. We were in this little concrete shack in Hoi Kwong Bangkok, which is this Thai Chinese neighborhood that's an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, lots of cockroaches. It was really, we were super duper poor. Uh, we had a, a three-month-old baby with us. Lots of poor life choices led us to this place. Uh, we have no furniture. Um, we don't have any TV. We, it's, Thailand is a partially restricted country, so we couldn't stream things, and I was going crazy. I was learning to speak Thai, which was, I was not good at. Uh, I didn't have any friends over there. And, uh, I was like, man, I need to do something or I'm going to go crazy. And so I started writing again and I ended up writing, uh, this, my, my first published novel, which was a book called strange magic, uh, which is urban fantasy. And I remember finishing it and finishing it and thinking, well, this doesn't suck. It's not like all the other ones that I would, I would be ashamed to let another person read,
2: I think this one's okay.
3: Um, and, uh, and, and that's kind of how I got my start. I talked to my wife. I shared the book with her. I said, Hey, I, I, you know, this isn't terrible. I didn't want to be an author. This whole thing that I'm doing, uh, is, is a comedy of errors, uh, really heaped on top of one another. <laughs> um, but I, I, showed her this book and I said, Hey, I think that this is pretty good. I looked into to traditional publishing. I didn't want to be an author. I decided that was not for me. I had stumbled onto let's get digital by David Gogren, And I kind of talked about indie publishing. I thought this is more my speed. I, I, you know, something fun, a way to get my books out there to maybe a couple people read it. Uh, so I put together this little marketing plan. I told my wife, Hey, I need $1,500 to get this book edited, to get cover art, to build my marketing plan. And again, we were super poor. We had to take out a loan to get a water filter system so that we had drinkable water. We didn't have any furniture. We just sat on the floor on a rice mat for four months. Uh, our first four months in Thailand. So this $1,500 investment was a big deal, but she was 100% supportive, and uh, I ended up launching my book January 2015. I was hoping to make my money back, my $1,500 back in a year. I said, if I can make this back in a year, I will be wildly thrilled beyond all expectation. And I think we made it back in the first four days or something, and uh, and it just set us on a road that we absolutely never expected. So yeah, weird, weird. Life is weird that way sometimes. Alright.
1: All right. Did you get it, Doc? Or Nick? Doc? Nick? You. Nick, fuck, yeah. What kind of kid are you? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. Well, I'm supposed to ask the Crane Eater question. I got it. I
1: got yeah, it. yeah, you asked the Crane Eater question.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you forget about who you're dealing with
1: here. Jesus. Come on, man. <laughs> it's been so long, I didn't want you to feel like, you know... Well,
0: you know practice. you're rusty.
2: Oh, you know what? No, you're not wrong. No, no. I'm He's not, so so not going to debate He's that. Awesome. I'm a little rusty. You James is now in my will for backing me up there. So one nice compliment, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen. As much That's as, as I takes. love this is the question I ask all my my and little brothers that were born in a bar. What bar was it? Tun Tavern. Tun Tavern. Very good. You get 10 points to Gryffindor. 70,
4: 75 Sorry.
2: 1775. <laughs> <laughs> Army's born in But uh we ask all others. okay so you guys are veterans um got a lot of experience in, in that particular experience that most people don't have so uh how do you feel that your time in the beloved united states marine corps whose birthday is coming up next month i'm just going to give a little shout out to that um how do you think the november that experience has kind of affected the, yeah november 10th it's marked under i got a lot of marine brothers and i love them um how do those experiences affect the stories that you tell?
3: James, you want to go first? No, you should go first, DJ. I just talked a whole bunch.
4: All right. Um, I um... – I, I have a little bit of different experience going back to europe um you know to a certain extent uh in in europe um being in the military is is seen as a last resort still um you know they still have uh, a legacy of conscription here um it's a short service it's not a career uh, if it is a career it's either because you're predisposed to it or you have no other choices or at least that's the perception of the civilians so like when you're you're in Europe and you tell someone you're a veteran, um, sometimes you still get the baby killer look um, and sometimes you get kind of the awkward look and and you very rarely get the thank you for your service, which is just kind of like automatic in, in the, the U.S. It's United almost States like, strong. you know, you toss up the clay pigeon, the guy draws his gun, boom, thank you for your service. Um, uh, so when the the way that's influenced my take on military services is i try to make sure that when i write military characters or mercenaries um i write about the hard stuff um so i remember um the during my 2011 deployment taliban got really sneaky they they actually um they used real estate to sneak up on our base they they sold housing uh to the locals right next door to our base and the first thing a, a good Afghan man will do when when he gets a plot of land is he'll build a wall around it about waist high. Mm-hmm. And then they use the waist high walls to be able to low crawl all the way up, you know, within 100 meters of, of the front gate of our base. Um, now, they, they didn't want to hurt the locals uh, and, and they knew us Marines were cultural insensates. So they, they buried this massive IED in a graveyard that was, again, 100 meters in front of our base. And funny thing is um, we were actually paying attention. So we didn't walk in the graveyard and it was a tractor full of kids that, that rolled over it and got blown 20 feet in the air. Um, So I'm dealing with the the mass casualty. I brought in three black Hawks into a two helicopter LZ. Um, We got everyone out. We basically strong armed these kids, uncle uh, to ride with them because we had to have a local ride with the kids. Uh, When DOA. One died in the the chopper. We managed to save six out of the eight, all from one family. Um, and and the thing I, I try to tell people is it's not about that because that's shock, right? It's 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 like uh, Aristotle said, which uh, they, uh, James loves it when I when I mention that. Um, you know, killing a good man is is just shock value. Um, what what I always try to tell people. Is how those 18, 19, 20 nineteen, twenty-year-old Marines, some of them married their high school sweethearts, had you know or two four-year-old kids, um, and and they're 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 looking at these Afghan children who have just been shattered, like literally every bone in their body broken, um, and are just hanging on, and they're seeing their kids, and I remember walking up to uh, the corpsman, is HM1, uh, actually I can't uh, I can't. I won't name them, but um I looked at him and there was still blood in front of the, the infirmary and I said HM1 you gotta clean that up. Um and and he was just exhausted, right? He he just saved six kids' lives and he, he just looked at me and he said, Sir, really? And I said, We can't let the patrols come back in and see that. Um, because it'll wreck them. Um and so he cleaned it up. Um and I, I think it's our job as veterans uh, when we're writing this stuff, you know, let, let the guys who never served write all the the nice stuff of being able to fire infinite bullets at an enemy that never backs down. But at some point it's our job to actually say, Hey, this costs something. Um, and we don't expect anyone else to do it, uh, but be respectful and understand what they went through. And, and every once in a while, listen to an uncomfortable story because that's part of someone and, and, uh, um, the worst thing that can happen to a veteran is to get isolated. There
1: are absolutely right, some universes I don't read for that very reason. It's all stand up, shoot them up, no consequences. Rah, rah, we'll do it again tomorrow. And that just isn't reality. And if you can do all that and it has absolutely zero effect on you, we have a word for you. We call it sociopath.
4: Which isn't in the DSM anymore. Is it not? <laughs> nope. There, no, there's,
2: there's, not. A, there's another genre that handles that aspect pretty It's probably classified under
0: type A personality or type B. Well, if you want
3: to know what
2: you are, read on killing.
3: Oh yeah, on killing is a on killing is a great book. I will try
1: not to go full history nerd and talk about everything that was wrong with his procedural recording of events and how many veterans got really pissed at him for implying they weren't shooting to kill. But we're we're not here to talk about that. So,
3: James, how do you think your time in the military affected your the stories you tell? You know, for for being like in hindsight, such a relatively short period of my life. Right. I mean, I only I only did four. Um, and, you know, in, in the grand scheme of my life, it doesn't seem like that much, but man, it was a hell of a four years and, it, you know, there's a lot of experiences there that stick with you. Um, and for that reason, I incorporate a lot of those elements into my books. Uh, a, a lot of my uh, characters are, are veterans or veteran related. They all deal with conflict. I'm an action adventure writer. Um, and so obviously combat and violence is a big part of every single book that I write. Uh, But similarly to DJ, and I think that this is part of the reason why we get on so well, uh, is I don't generally like the action hero movie portrayal um, where where a guy goes in and he just slaughters a million people uh, and he walks out and he dusts his hands off and he he walks away because that's just, that's not how it works. Um, I I like the (laughs) idea that that killing has consequence. Uh, So after I got out of the Marine Corps, this is a, a, a weird thing, but so I I went and I I served uh, as as an aid worker in Thailand with my wife because I was struggling a, a lot um, with sort of all of the things that I had experienced while I was in the Marine Corps uh, and just feeling like man I want to contribute something good and wholesome into the world uh, so I'm gonna go you know work with you know people that are being trafficked and and, and do something where. There's no moral ambiguity to it. It just feels like this is the right thing to do, and and there's not any of that deeper nuance to it. Um, But I like to write all of those deeper nuances into my books, and I like to think that even one life matters, that that they're they're not just killing endless faceless goons that don't matter, um, that human life is is valuable, and that when you take a human life from somebody else, um, even, even if it's justifiable, that there are deep consequences that sit with you. So I think that those are all themes uh, that I address a lot. One of my uh, one of my novellas, which is one of my favorite pieces of writing, is a little, uh, little novella, it's only about 25,000 words, called Siren Song. Um, and it's urban fantasy, but it takes place back in 1969. Uh, the main character is Lazarus, who's the main character in my urban fantasy series, but he's just this young kid. It's his last month in Vietnam. He's getting ready uh, to go home when really bad stuff happens to a Splatoon. And it was really my way of sort of working out on the page, uh, you know, kind of some experiences um, and, and, and just like not venting, but, but just kind of trying to a- analyze it um, like away from myself a little bit. And it was a super cathartic book to, to, to write. And it's one that uh, lots of veteran readers read and they'll email me and they'll, they'll, they'll comment and they'll say, man, this was this book felt so true. Um, to to a lot of my experiences, even though I never served in Vietnam, because because even though the scenery changes, a lot of those other things stay the same. So those are all things that I like to incorporate into my stories. That the violence uh, matters, and that the consequences of it are very real.
2: Very good. That's the nice way it should be.
1: And do you remember to put Jody in there just to keep it a little bit of extra suck factor? Oh
2: come oh. on, man! It's fantasy and sci-fi. We don't need to have.
0: you really have to go there?
2: We had to go with Space Jody. That's he space wouldn't be drunk Jody. If I didn't go well, there. That should, be, that should be a new that's trope. That's someone who fell victim to Space Jody. You know? Well, actually, it was Earth Jody. But no, we're we're not we're not talking about Jody.
0: Jody doesn't need to exist. Right, what's the male version of a Jody, since you brought it up? I don't know, John. A male uh, we'll version of a Jody? We'll a male James, Jody, is Jody is Jody. No, a male is Jody is a Jody.
3: So female, what's a female Jody?
2: Oh, that's a Rebecca.
3: Oh, it's Rebecca. Rebecca. I Wow,
0: well, that was quick.
4: <laughs>
2: That's a Rebecca. That's something goes nextly there, and she's a potential kind of parent of, of there. Laiden, Kaden, Jaden, Raiden, and Hope. Oh.
1: but he's not bitter.
2: <laughs> All right, so, uh,
1: Nick, you ready to ask the next one so we can save you from your memories?
2: Oh God, man, it's gonna be a PTSD-ridden episode. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. sorry, I wasn't
3: trying to bring the bar. No, it's good. This
2: is this this is actually what I talk about in groups. So and they're like, Well, at least you have that type of outlet. I'm like, do I? <laughs>
0: well, somebody else is laughing, so I'm move on with the to question. Oh no,
2: no, and I ran out of booze too. Well, I didn't run out, it's just there's none in my class. <laughs>
0: which I mean it's none. broken.
2: No, I'm broken, we'll cover that in another episode anyway. <laughs>
0: Nick's therapy uh, hour will be another night.
3: This is my I just therapy want to say, hour. Gosh darn it, Nick. You're a great guy, and I like you. I just want you to know that. You're you, you, you got
2: <laughs> I have a, a good guy, man. James is a kindred been dead poor,
1: So I mean, just because Nick is
3: going there, I'm going to show Oh,
2: wow. Real The Best Suicide hotline? You're I mean, dick. it's good.
3: I appreciate it, but also very good. <laughs> I mean, dark. it's informative it's and yet funny.
2: That's <laughs> no i gotta give it to you i didn't think you had the fucking sack for that that's awesome yes. <laughs> all right so being in the military well uh, as a, as a writer and creator myself i know i draw a lot of um i create a lot of characters from people that i knew in Do you guys do the same do you do you find yourselves putting people you knew while you were in the service into the stories that you tell oh hundred percent one of you can I answer thousand percent so, so many of my characters,
3: especially uh, any any time, like almost on principle, any time that I'm writing a scene that involves active duty military in some way, they're almost always real people that I served with, whether from one deployment or another one, from some company that
2: I knew, someone who reminds me. They're all they're all real people. Every one of them. Well, do you find it easier to to create that character when you have somebody else in mind? Yeah,
3: I think having a a blueprint for who this person is beforehand and and being able to model that blueprint off of a real person because it's easier to think about and kind of run through. Well, how would this interaction go with this guy who's kind of an asshole from New York, but also sort of secretly lovable? I'm talking about a real person. I doubt I'll ever watch this. How would that interaction go? Um, And and yeah, it
2: it makes it way easier. Yeah, instead of creating a brand new person out of the... You know the ether you know yeah it's so much easier to draw those experiences from people you actually knew because you like i had this character i wanted to have these characteristics oh god it's smitty you know Yep.
4: i so really easier. don't uh, really um i i frankenstein monster the hell out of all of it um you know i'll uh i'll draw plot well
2: dj is the smartest person in the room he could do that <laughs>
4: sure. um uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, am I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, a single character. I mean, stories. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I feel like almost, and I, I don't know if I do this consciously, like the people that I watched in the military, they had their public persona and they had like the stuff they were actually going through. And, and that's a little like sacred to me and I don't touch that. Like I don't expose their personal shit. Uh, I don't talk about you know the 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 guy who punched a CEO after the CEO tried to crawl into a sack with him. Uh, I don't talk about like the divorces, the drinking, the people who lost shit. Like um, I, I, okay, uh, I, so I, I my life story, victory. awesome. Um, but um, and and even like the good shit. Like I. Um, I, I I don't know why I, I've just never used it. I, I I build the characters. I put them in the situation. The 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 plot might be there, or I like, my, I like to tell a story. So, there any the,
2: like humor and jokes that. Yeah, kind of no, mentioned.
4: absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I I make sure that every you know that, that was my one of my favorite parts of um, writing the vampire books was the hunters just sitting around and bullshitting and talking about what happened in Somalia. You know. Um, yeah. and, and, and going from basement to basement with vampires instead of, uh, you know, ah, black down, or uh, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but, uh, the, that's what I'm here for, I, 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 that's why I received the hate mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's culturally insensitive. rude but, uh, Actually skinny
4: was my nickname. No, I'm a knuckle dragon mouth
2: breather, man. Like I have a sloped cranium yeah. and everything. I'm, I was like built for war and I miss it, but mm-hmm. See, no, I, 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 so, I, I, I so get you, man. Opposite. You know,
4: sometimes you, you, you feel like you're you're about a hundred years too late, maybe 200, a thousand. I would too have too late. I would have done years.
2: well in the crusades, I think, as far as like I would have I component. would have died almost instantly. I am I
3: am a finicky bitch. Okay. I need a hot shower. <laughs> uh, I I do not want to live without indoor plumbing. Just yeet me off a cliff if you have to send me back to the crusades. Yeah. I need I need good food, and I need. I, I I am a man who likes creature comforts. I was gonna say though,
2: I, like I'm so opposite. For you example. should join the army, then, bro. No, <laughs> I, well, I the air the force. Worst possible you're, branch, you're both dumbasses. You should have been the air force. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I that, that famous line from the Green Berets. I'm like, I'm not a Marine sergeant. I enjoy my comfort. No, <laughs> I
3: remember going. So I got out of Iraq. We were they. They put us in a, a condemned Iraqi squad bay. I remember the army was in cans. Uh, and, and we were in this, this condemned Iraqi squad bay, which was just disgusting. And, uh, and and that was still significantly better than the fobs that we were building. Um, but I remember getting back to to, uh, to Kuwait and going to Ali Aslam, which was the Air Force base there. And those sons of bitches had a pizza hut and a subway next to a swimming pool. And they yeah, but the cheese volleyball. was shit, man. <laughs> but what, what about the green
1: bean? Did you try the green bean? What's the I I I don't the know that, I wasn't there long coffee
3: enough to so. the coffee shop. Oh, oh yeah, they had so many good in their chow hall. Like it's I think it was called The Rock, and, and oh my god, it was the best, nicest chow hall I ever been to in my whole life. I was I was I was like, I made a lot what, of what, what do they always say? Combat life. experiences me very life
2: choices. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: so it I find that odd, DJ. I get where you're coming from where you don't share their stories because they're they're not your stories to share. And I, I do get to a point where I don't like list names. Some of it is just more general. But I also feel like to a point sharing those stories where you can do it and protect their identity, and that I get, yeah, it's it's it immortalizes them. like it my immortalizes friends that, them. my friends that died, like they don't really die as long as they're a, as long as we remember, right? Like and I tell that to their well, kids said, ad-age, like, is, as long scared. as
2: you have someone telling your tale and speaking your name, you never die.
1: Yeah. So I, I give I'm you paraphrasing. It's a, yeah, it's I, I, a I, I tell you it's
4: not even conscious. Um I've I've just realized I've never done it. Um and I've never done it for anything, right? I mean I've I've known doctors, I don't use them just cut and paste into into stories. I'm I'm really more of a Frankenstein. I I love putting little bits and bobs together until I mean, it's all about like it's graphs for me, right? It's can I escalate the conflict? Can I put two people together that really are going to hate each other from the get go, and 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 you know somehow have to work together? Um, like I actually map out. I have a little Excel chart that that maps out all my speaking characters, and then what they care about and what they hate, and and usually religion, death, sex, uh, war, politics, all that stuff. And I make sure in each scene. Two people have something to violently disagree over. Um, so it, it, it's it's not necessarily to protect them. Um, it, it's more that's just how I design characters.
1: That's fair. All right. Speaking of characters and designing things, uh, we were we had a few more prep questions, but we went for old vet bro here, and we talked over each other and told crude. It's a vet bro show.
2: What are we saying? like? You but, can't bring it up as a pejorative. That's a
0: big. I, I didn't say that done. it was. No, I'm no, just no, saying. No, 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 no.
1: We're but an hour I, in, and we came here to pimp their like this, stuff, so.
0: No, we, nice. we are, and we're It's like we're, four we're in the morning the, uh, for DJ, and, and, and we it's, might it's actually it's have nice. bright in Bush.
2: I need, he was he a, a coffee broker, I need the brand that he's drinking right now. So. But we're here to talk part.
1: about Gentleman's War in the Kickstarter, so yeah, either one of you can is. pop in and tell us about this Kickstarter. This is a screen grab of the the website, and it will be linked in the show notes. And I will throw it at the bottom of the screen because I'm cool like that, and I know how to do things.
3: Yeah, so just a little bit about uh, a Gentleman's War. Um, so I read a, a, a pretty popular uh, sort of gamelet series called Verdian Gate Online, um, and Gentleman's War is is a custom card deck uh, built off of the characters um, and sort of the factions and the the, the meta arc of Verdian Gate Online. But then it's also paired. Uh, with this really fun game that DJ played with a bunch of a bunch of leathernecks over in Afghanistan, which is kind of an a amped-up version of, of the card game war, which we all know and play as kids, uh, with, with a couple of additional rules. And also, you're supposed to cheat as much as humanly possible without getting caught. That's kind of the premise, is, is the, the, the more you can steal, the more you can lie, the, the, the more you can take advantage of other people without getting caught The better off you are but if someone catches you on your bullshit they call you out you have to be a gentleman about it you have to give them your cards uh and you have to not let them punch you in the face there's a lot a a lot of the time when i play this with people i end up wanting to punch them in the face uh but it's really fun it's you know it's 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 uh, it's it's not super complicated it's meant to be a sort of a a pick up and play game it's really fun but also the deck is super beautifully illustrated um every card is custom illustrated with with awesome character art like a lot of the custom, um, just like playing card decks that you get, usually what you'll get is like the face cards. So like the, the, the ace through jacks are sort of have some custom illustration, but every single card in the deck is custom illustrated. Uh, it, you have your, your regular suits, but it's also built around themes. So you sort of have monsters, the inquisitors, which are sort of these uh, Romanesque imperials. Uh, you have the thieves and then you have these sort of uh, uh, dark elves who are these sort of rebel freedom fighters um and and it's just stunning there's lots of cool flavor text lots of cool backstory um and it's just been a really really awesome uh project dj's done so much of the work uh on it um that i like i i feel like i'm just mooching off i mean i wrote you know i created this series and i'm funding all this stuff but uh he's done a a crazy amount of work on it and uh, it's it's really turned out awesome
0: so can I, I, I've i seen some of the cards in person at Dragon Con. They were amazing. Yeah. But because you mentioned. Nice that, yeah, no. Well, I've also backed the I've backed the cards. But yeah, we
3: have some we have some, you know, these these so,
0: really but beautiful. All of cards. the cards, like where did you get your inspiration from the cards? I'm I am i am this is a leading question because I know the answer.
3: You do it, DJ, <laughs> you get it since I just <laughs> talked a whole bunch. All out cards on you
4: pop where do we get the inspiration um first uh we found an amazing artist whose name we will absolutely never disclose to anyone ever um because we we're 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 basically like uh going back to Stephen King it, it it's like uh artist's name and us it's it's misery from from Stephen King we've got a chain to a basement and we just want him to pump out cool art for for all our universes <laughs> It's um, true it's a true story it's he, amazing but um yeah i um you know, I when when I got out of the the Marines, we had this game and I wrote it up as a as a video game um, first. And it's like a, a, a full pitch uh, for someone like Ubisoft. And, and it just never pulled through. Plus, they wanted five grand to build a prototype. Um, and then when I was writing for for James uh, in uh, in VGO, um, it just kind of naturally came this. about. That we had, uh, we had some Roman legionaries essentially sitting in a uh, in a in a bar and playing a card game, and and I pulled out the rules for gentlemen's war, um, and and it's really about, um, you know, the the idea that uh, there's this concept that war is high card wins, and and I wanted to flip that on its head, where you have assassinations, you have ways to block assassinations, battles escalate out of control, you can cheat, you can steal someone's discard pile, uh, you can, you know, the you know, one of one of the things they talk about in game Yay! theory is Sorry. let the player do the. Right there. And the fun, right um, and the fun thing card. for me was always bluffing and 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 wanting to shuffle you know cards back in the deck or or hide a hide an ace up your sleeve and, and the game is designed to let you do that as part of the game mechanics. So that's what we thought would be fun and, and that's the game we designed.
3: This is a this is Dakota Crowds card and a bunch of our author friends uh, are are created in card form uh here in the deck so dj's got a card let me see if i can find dj's card here so if you
0: if you were listening or watching this on youtube you will have heard me scream because they had the jay boys card up and i, I love
3: she look familiar
0: yeah i i love the artwork for it and i love the series and also these, i, I it is awesome
3: these are my oh, children oh. these are my children lucy and sam my little cutthroat lookouts i love it
4: that was actually a, a fun part of the project was looking at each of these authors' brands and trying to find something that was their physical representation, but also really kind of represented their universe and their brand.
3: So like, if you look at this, Jay is really known for like her colorful wigs. This is art uh, from her Siphon series. So we tried to incorporate all of those little touches. Uh, we have and Michael she, Chapfield she in here. She buys like out.
0: most people buy books. This
3: is why we love her. She is awesome. This is my this is my beautiful wife Jeanette. This is her, the pharmacist. She's a she's a chemist by trade. Before we went overseas, uh, she worked for a pharmaceutical company, and then she left all that sweet sweet pharma money behind to go be uh, uh, a super poor aid worker because uh, we're suckers and make bad life choices. This is a buddy of mine, Chris Carney. He's a uh, writes a bunch of really great gamelet books. But yeah, we so the the cards are just just absolutely phenomenal. They feel great. They look great. Um, they have really, really fun um, sort of flavor text at the bottom of uh, all of them. So this one is, uh, I, is this do you, you know uh, Dave Wilmarth? So this is Dave.
0: I think I might.
3: He's a, he writes like Shadow Sun Survival. Mm-hmm. I love his card. I think it's he's, he's kind of this hellion bard. Uh, and so the the flavor text on here says, "Pull up a chair and hit your neighbor with it. This next song is gonna hurt." Um, so, <laughs> so every card has just like this really really fun. Uh, flavor text. This one is hard to see. It's a little bit dark, uh, but it's this. It's like a, a type, sort of a wardrobe. And uh, and the flavor text is they have a big heart full of hate for you. So that's the that's love the it. flavor text. Yeah, on. they're really really great. Um, we're running the Kickstarter for uh, about the next three weeks, um, and we just would really love everybody's support. This is a passion project. We we make our money from selling books, so this isn't really something that we anticipate. Um, you know, making a lot of money on. This is just something to do because we love making cool stuff. We love having a, having a, an excuse to commission really, really cool art. Um, <laughs> we love games that bring people together and make you want to punch them. That's, I mean, that's, that's what friendship's all about, is playing games and hating each other. Uh, At least that's arts. how it works
1: in the Horde family.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so... Doc. I will admit, I am super excited, and part of me is can't wait to see how quickly my mother tries to ban this game.
2: Oh yeah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it at the house. I just backed the Kickstarter. Oh no no, on my socials.
0: You have to understand, my mother banned us from playing Munchkin as kids. Oh, we were not allowed to play it with any member of our with unless there was a member who we were not related to playing with it. So they because didn't according each other. to my mother, it brought out the worst characteristics on wow. all of her children.
4: Yeah, this is gonna be worse.
3: Yeah, if, if Munchkin does that to you, uh, don't play this game ever. And again, it's not it's not super complicated, the rules aren't super hard. Um, it, it really is designed to to be learned fast, um, uh to, to to be played on the go, uh to have a good time, and and then you can also use the deck for any other games for rummy or poker or whatever else you want. So um, it's, it's really, really cool. The art is great, and it gives you these great glimpses. Uh, we have a lot of you know, really sort of diehard fans for the Verdean Gate Online uh, series and universe. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun, awesome series. Um, sort of the premise behind it is there's this cataclysmic asteroid that's about to wipe out a big chunk of humanity and millions of people, including our plucky roster of, char- roster of characters, uh, take a gamble on this new wildly unsafe technology that allows them to digitize themselves but the catch is the only server big enough to hold them all is a giant fantasy MMO video game server. So they survived the apocalypse, but now they're all permanently stranded as sort of digital avatars in this ultra immersive fantasy world. So we got a lot of really great supporters great readers. Um, and so being able to explore all of these characters and all of these monsters and
2: all of this awesome stuff that we see in the books has just been, it's been a blast. Well, I think one of the coolest aspects not to take anything away from the the premise of the system, is that the artwork is very polished. Oh, yeah. very clean. Um, like it it it's one of the great things about Kickstarters and Indiegogo's is that you have a lot of talented people that are putting forth their best foot and just coming out with the greatest stuff. Um, more so than any large corporation that can. And I'm looking at this art and I'm like, you know, if I saw this as I was walking by like a you know, compost store that had this system in play, I'd be like, "Oh, that's cool. I got to check this out." You know, cuz yeah, it is a clean and polished it's, look. It's it's
3: really clean, it's really polished and and, and it's fun, right? I mean, you can just kind of like go through the art and like even even if you're not like a card nerd and you don't play a lot of card games, like just the art itself is so cool uh and, and going through and reading all the little flavor texts and and
2: uh, just enjoying it. That that itself is kind of a treat. I can't
4: wait to play yeah, this I mean,
2: with the family and just destroy my stepson with
4: it. Well, I mean, James play tested it with a five year old in the room, right? Oh, she hated it.
3: He got so mad. She was—I think it was after like the fourth time that I played the same ace in a row, and she's like, "Hey, wait a minute, you played that ace before." I'm like, "Yeah, I've been playing that ace every time for the past five hands, sweetheart. I've been—I've been palming it from the discard pile every single time," and she was just absolutely incensed. I mean, it took all of ten minutes. To make her want to walk away from
0: the game. Uh, so this is definitely if for anybody who's doing dating advice. Play this game before you get married to the person. <laughs> I uh, I did not play Munchkin until after I married my ex-husband. He refused to ever play again with me. So uh, Munchkin is so
3: much person. fun too.
1: So this should be like in the DSM-5 is marital aid game. And you're missing the angle. Of no, of no, 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 no. More like divorce
0: aid.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm, just, I'm just looking for marketing angles for him. I'm trying to be a, a helper out here, right? No, I the
0: see- great marketing angle is, you know, if you're a fan of Tao Wong, which you show, totally should be, or Jay boys which uh, if you're not, you're wrong, um, yeah. then you should totally want to back this just to get the cards so that then you can make them sign them.
3: It's true. We got uh, we got Jay boys Chris Carney, Dakota Kraut, Michael Chatfield, Ramon Mejia, who was also on the fantasy dating game with us um i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of the of the full roster it's a bunch of them though. and then we have all the so verny gate online also has this big expanded universe where other authors like dj uh right inside the universe and we have they, they all have their own parts too so yeah it's it's it's, it's uh it's great and yes it, it absolutely is a great marital aid if you can play this with your spouse for half an hour and you don't want to kill each other your marriage is great and if you have problems, this will immediately bring all of them to the surface. And they'll be like, you cheated on that last hand of cards, just like you cheated with Deborah from The Office. And like, <laughs> you know, it's all out on the table.
4: But unlike life, gentlemen's War requires you to be gracious when you get caught. That is true. Unlike life. A so- lesson for us all.
1: So let's start with we since we're still talking about the game, and then we'll go into what the various perks and levels are because that's a Kickstarter thing. Uh, if Nick has to bounce his, his wife has threatened to stab him again, so we just might be calling body disposal, and we might not ever see him again. But he was that's here, eight that's one one, one
2: on your speed dial, just to let you all know. I that, don't that know if
1: I noticed. <laughs> um, so so, how many players can this game support? From what range to what range? Like two to ten, or, or what is it for uh, for a game?
4: two to many. Um, you, you, can make it as big and chaotic as you want. Um, the, the feasible is probably two to eight.
0: So where's the sweet spot? I, I, would, yeah, I, would, um,
4: say, no, I would say five. I, again, is the sweet
3: it, spot four or five
0: is the sweet spot.
3: Uh, because you do want the play to be kind of fast. Like once everyone kind of gets the rules, you want play to be pretty continuous because that makes it easier to cheat. Uh, because, because basically as long as you can get away with the cheat and you can get the cards off the board before anybody else calls it, then it's too late. If play has already continued, and so that's kind of the fun part where play is going really, really fast, and, and maybe you take cards that don't really belong to you or you play a card that doesn't really win the battle and you just swipe them all off the board. So in, in my experience, like the kind of the, the four- or five-person range is, is, is sort of perfect.
1: Perfect. All right. And so how long does it take you to learn this game?
4: about five minutes to get the basics
3: yeah and about uh you know 15 minutes to really kind of get things going get everybody into the groove a little bit uh and then it's just uh, endless amounts of learning uh card cheatery uh yeah. so that you can palm <laughs> cards and slide cards and steal cards and do all kinds of things without being caught
0: so how I mean, good are have you a at a game that part.
3: What's, that? what's that
0: how good are you at that part
3: i'm i'm, I'm getting significantly better i like As a result of this, I've been working on all of my all of my weird, wonky sleight of hand techniques and card shuffling. And boy, I want to play cards with me now. A year ago I might have played cards with me. I want to play with me now. I can I can do a lot of controlled cuts and a lot of controlled shuffles to uh to to get all the cards back into my hand that I want in my hand. So and I have DJ to thank for that. He turned me into a dirty, degenerate gambler. So thank you, DJ. So what you're saying
1: is you're not welcome in Vegas
3: anymore. (laughs) <laughs> they, well, they, they don't know that yet. But yes, I am planning. I am planning to not be welcomed in, in Vegas uh, pretty soon.
1: All right. So on a scale of, of, you know, percentages, where do you put the balance between required skill and strategy to win at this game and just pure poker face thievery and badassery?
4: I, I, you know, honestly, it's it's more about the continuous play and the fun. Um, You know, we'd never say this on Kickstarter, but it's a game that's better with a couple beverages in you, Um, and with a couple friends that you trust and like, and and want to to laugh and 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 again and have
0: decent sportsmanship.
4: Yeah, Yeah. no, and and really, you know, that that's one of the things we try to put. You know, you can only have fun cheating if there's there's a certain line, Um, and James likes to push that line and 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 not you know admit when he gets caught cheating sometimes oh, no. but, but in the end he throws it in that's,
3: that's because that's because dj likes to pretend that he's catching things that aren't there
0: oh no the worst sportsmanship i used to host a game night when i was in the army every weekend mm-hmm. we had somebody who decided he couldn't figure out how to win at the game he threw the game out without telling anybody when he and i was like you did what
3: yeah, that's, He's like, yeah, no, right. it's
0: in, your game is in the, I'm like, I can't find it. Oh, it's mm-hmm. in the dumpster. Why is it in the dumpster? <laughs>
3: At least he was that's honest great. enough to tell you that he you threw
4: your game out. That's something. Three
0: months later. Oh
4: yeah, that's no good. So we do have a, a 40 page game manual that gets into some of the lore. It talks about how to cheat. It talks about one of the, some of the ways to win different types of play. Um, Does it teach James' card game long game? What's that?
0: Does it teach James's card tricks?
4: um no but we could add those in i mean it's still in flux right a higher level like one-on-one coaching on how to cheat that that is actually one of the pledge levels is being able to play a game with james hunter a privilege for us all so (laughs) let's talk
1: about that what are the levels of backing like you know you can back at this level for this much like what what are we looking at
3: here all right dj run them through run them through you know this way better than i do
4: are we going back to the military thing. I don't think I'm allowed to run people through in uh, on uh, on a PG-13 show, right?
1: Yeah, uh, we we won't judge.
4: <laughs> so um, the I'll, I'll just run you through. Um, basically, uh, what what we've done is we've put it as our first level is is just giving you the manual. Um, so you can get the digital manual for ten bucks. Um, that'll let you take any deck of cards and and actually start playing this game. So if it sounds fun. But you don't have uh, you know, 20 or, or, or 50 bucks to, to sink into the custom card deck, which is really nice. But if you can't do that and you've already caught a deck of cards for 10 bucks, you can get the manual. Um, and then we kind of rise through the levels uh, at 25, 50, uh, 75, and, and 100 with more and more card decks. Um, and, and it's kind of a scaling thing where you get them at a slightly more advantageous price at each level. Um, At the 100 level, we also... There's also uh, also
3: a physical manual that comes at some of the higher levels.
4: Yeah, exactly. So starting from the uh, 50 level, we send you a physical manual with the two decks of cards. And two decks is pretty much what you need in order to play with about four players, which is kind of the, again, what James said, the sweet spot. Um, At the 100 level, we also give you a a novella that's basically centered in the world of Gentleman's War, uh, specifically in VGO, in the world of Gentleman's War, um, we've got a whole plot line built around that so you can actually get the story that involves the characters. And, and I think you know, part of the, the neat bit about having cards that are individually designed is that you actually tell yourself a story as you play. Um, and then rising uh, beyond that, we have a group call with, with us, the creators, so we can talk about Gentleman's War, how it was designed, about VGO for the fans. Um, then we start layering in, um, some, some more novellas. We start throwing in some signed copies of books, um, at the higher levels, you can get basically the entire, uh, library, Viridian Gate archives, uh, James's series, all the other series, uh, signed and and sent to you, um, at the highest level, which is level 9,000. No, no, no. um, We we got,
3: we got, we got to plug the thousand. So thousand dollars a lot of money the, the, the perk at the $1,000 level is we will we will cardify you. So if you have $1,000 that you want to drop and you want to actually be immortalized forever uh, by our awesome artist uh, and turned into an amazing card with awesome flavor text, you can you can absolutely pick up that perk.
4: So there, there's actually two levels. There's at the $1,000, um, we're going to do digital art for each of the suits. So we've got 52 slots where you can be part of kind of like a dogs at play for that suit um, as as drawn by our artist. And at the 2000 level, uh, we're going to do 13 cards for an entirely new suit called the Travelers, which is what the, the gamers are called in the game. And so uh, up to 13 people get to be a card just like those authors were.
1: So when you know, I saw that the backing is 17,000 and you have to get you're at 25 percent right now and it only recently went live. Uh, at the time of recording, um, if the game—if you don't get the backing—does that mean that the the game that already exists isn't going to be sold, or what's going to happen? How does that work?
4: Yeah, so- I don't know. I think uh, we'd probably take another stab at it and 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 you know build a mailing list and and try it later. It, it's a little bit too good to just uh, you know throw out. Um, I think yeah. uh we could probably do some some more play testing. We we do have it set up so that you can play it in um in uh the tabletop simulator in Steam. So we could definitely do some more rounds. Uh we could work with some uh you know card shops to to kind of really let them get their hands on the decks because they really are nice. Yeah. Um and and we could do another round of this. Uh, you know, when we were working with a, a consultant actually to make sure that this thing landed. Um, And he said it was never a question that we were going to get funded as long as we could get get it in front of the right people. So if it takes another try to put it in the right people. But, you know, so far we've we've been through five days and we've covered over 30 percent of the funding. So, you know, so far so good. And and we hope the people who have already signed up will continue to share it uh, because what we'd really like to do. And and I know James says we don't want to make a lot of money out of this. But I want to blow this completely out of the water because then we can do some really neat stuff with additional decks, uh, foil on the cards, embossing, uh, better tuck boxes, and, and just really kind of make this a really nice product.
3: And that's, How- the, that's, that's one of the big things about the project is uh, like it, it's, it's fairly low risk, like a lot of Kickstarter projects. It's like you're, you're funding an idea. There's still a lot of research. There's still a lot of manufacturing. Like we have all of the art assets. It's all it's all done. Uh so really the 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 cost is that we have to produce all of these materials and there's certain breakpoints uh for bulk debt buys that you need to be able to hit for them to print uh sort of in sufficient quantities to get some of those nicer features. Um but but that's it. I mean so so really like like even if it didn't fund it, I think it's going to fund uh people are excited, it's a great product. Um, but I mean we have all of the stuff done. It's just a yes. question of can we produce enough decks to make it Uh, financially viable for for us and all the people that want them.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking as a gamer, one of the things I love about this is the fact that you can tell the the product value is really there and that you've put it into as a good quality product. Um, At at this point, I've gotten to the point I have so many games that unless I think that the the product value is there, that it's well made, things like that, I'm not buying it. Yeah. So because I, I, I have over sixty games and too many Pokemon cards.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> me, me me and my daughter are really into the Pokemon. We've been playing a lot of Pokemon Unite that just came out, I've been doing a lot of that, but we got a lot of Pokemon cards too.
1: Is that before or after you guys are doing the My Little Pony thing?
3: Hey, don't you don't need to judge me. All right. I hear it in your voice that I don't care. I'm gonna like the things that I like and I you you, you can you can steal it. You can steal it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch uh, My Little Pony with my daughter and then we're going to beat up on some uh, internet trolls
0: in uh, Pokemon Unite. That's how we can roll. You know what? I still remember there was this guy. He was, um, he was singing Britney Spears song as he did PT. And he turned around. Somebody was making fun of him and he looked at the guy and he goes, I have a ranger tab, do you? And they went, no. And he just kept going. And it was like, and the, the guy's just like, I just got my ass schooled to me. Because he was like, you know what? Like what you like. Yeah,
3: like what you like. I like Taylor Swift, and Shake It Off is one of the best songs ever made. I don't care. I don't care who knows that. It's great. Every time I get a bad review, I turn on Shake It Off by Taylor Swift to have a little dance party. I'm not going to show delicate. that to you. Delicate's I'm not going to awesome show it to you, but uh,
0: but that happens. My zone likes fallout boys. So that's uh, that's just how
1: you roll in the Marine Corps, but you know, we don't judge. Not everyone's good enough to be army infantry. So we'll move <laughs> on. So, all right. So we've talked about the Kickstarter levels and we've talked about some of the, the cards and what we're doing. So let's assume uh, you get your whole 17 grand and you have to think, well, crap, what are we going to add? So in your dream world, if you get all the funding and all the things, what's next?
4: Um, well, we've got several additional suits that we have planned uh, already. So that that would be one thing. Um, and then, I mean, quality of the product already, you know, things that every single backer is going to benefit from. So, you know, doing uh, a gold foil instead of some of the, the flat gold on, on the cards, being able to do embossing on the tuck box um you know brand stickers so that it, it's really kind of a nice product for people who collect them um are are, are pretty praise we might do a higher higher quality paper stock um make sure they slide really well um i mean and 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 really you know it, it can be anything from booster packs to um doing an alternate, right um we we can I do alternate so
0: versions. i card sleeve everything
4: yeah. Um, and card sheets as well. We can do card sheets as well for people who want to put it up on the wall. I mean, there, there's a ton of stuff we can do with this.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, some of these would make amazing posters.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah we,
3: since we have all the line art, we've even considered uh I, I don't know if this is something we've talked about, including a in Kickstarter, but we have absolutely talked about putting together an adult coloring book because yeah. we have all of the, 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 the just the line art with none of the coloring done for all of all of this awesome art. And, uh, yeah, just my, my, my wife loves those things. She sits down, she just gets lost in it. It's meditative a little bit for her. So, uh, so yeah, we've talked about doing that too, but there's, there's so many cool things that we could do and really DJ's right. It's about, um, like we're going to put out, e- even at the basic level, we're going to put out a great product, but as we get more money, as we get more funding, we, 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 we can bring it up a notch and just make it that much more polished that much better for everyone involved. And then we can start adding on those additional suits, those additional perks, um, and and just really make it something awesome, more awesome than it already is because it's already pretty freaking awesome.
1: So assuming that you know you're up for 30 days and people you know it's close to the holidays, people are prepping early for you know reasons that we won't go into. Um, if people aren't able to to make things to back it in time, will it be available afterwards for sale if it gets backed?
4: We'll have to see. Okay, um, guess that's something you've considered? No, no, I, we, we've considered it. I, I think, you know, just from a business standpoint, um, I know James wants to get his hands on some extra decks because they're just really good. Yeah, uh, I, like that people. Like,
3: and I, I collect a lot store, of custom decks. I really like custom card decks. And I collect a lot of
0: them. Like, my local game store has a lot of things. They, I swear it's like they purchase things straight from Kickstarter yeah. or something because they'll, you'll go in and they'll be like, here's the Kickstarter thing. And you're like, uh, uh, okay. Now it, it is not as good of a price point as if I'd ordered it straight from Kickstarter. Yeah. But you know what? That That's, I'm totally willing to eat that cost extra for something. That might be how I got a couple of so games.
3: That is one of the things that we're hoping to do. Uh, so some of the, the higher tier perks um, really are aimed not necessarily at individual consumers, but are really aimed at, at uh, uh, bulk buyers, game stores, people like that who are going to want to resell it. So, some of those higher tiers, uh, really, you get the the steepest discount in the in, in the card deck pricing, specifically because we know that the people that are buying them um, are probably people that are going to to put out. Are uh, you saying
0: uh, nobody needs like fifty decks of the exact? Same I'm not deck. saying that they don't need that. I'm just saying that the number of those people are
3: rarer than the number of uh, game stores out there. Uh, but if 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 we have ten or fifteen really dedicated people who just want to fill their entire garage with these these decks. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to oblige.
1: Yeah. I mean, what if they want to build their throne of lies with these card decks?
3: I mean, that's what I'm doing. That's that's mm-hmm. why I'm ordering so many. I need a really comfy and also tasteful throne of lies, and I figure that this is the best way to do. It. I'm going to. I mean, pick at least it's not Papa John boxes. With these cards.
1: That's true. Not Papa John boxes. But all right. So so I got one last question for you. So I don't know what tier you would put it in, but is there any chance because these cards look so pretty, and if you get them, and you can only get the one. Like, man, do I really want to use this every day and just destroy this with all the shenanigans that are going to happen? That's is why there...
0: they get card slaves.
1: But that makes it harder for the sleight of hand tricks. So having said that, is there any level that gets you like printable files for this so they could print their own and save the really pretty ones for, for collectible items and still play the game?
3: I, I don't think that we have any perk currently. I don't think that that's something that we've thought about, honestly. Um so-
4: yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I don't think we'd we'd necessarily like. I I might steam's workshop this just so people could play on on tabletop simulator maybe. Um, okay. But I I don't think we want to open source this because it, it's part of the IP of the the VGO as well, right? So. This yeah. isn't just a card sure. game. It's backed by uh, what is it, twenty-one books now, James, and and coming well, up and on twenty-three.
3: Again, I am bad with numbers, so I think it's more than twenty-one books. I think we're yeah. you run out of
1: fingers 20. and toes.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's it. Once it's passed, once it's past the ten fingers, ten toes, I can't keep track of them.
4: I also sometimes <laughs> ask things as hypotheticals when I know them, but uh, it, it's twenty-one yeah. and coming up on twenty-three within the next couple months. Um, and and I think uh, we're, we're going to reuse this stuff, and, and we're going to reuse these characters, so I, I don't think we'd want to jeopardize the the art, but so. I think definitely what we will do is allow people to get additional decks at a lower cost level, um, especially as we climb up. Um, I, I think, you know, the the, the the better this does, the more we're going to give back to the fans.
1: Well, I know if right. you sell it at something like a drive-through RPG, they actually um, imprint your tracking number. So if anyone pirates it from that sale, you can track it. So there are ways to protect the IP if that's the angle, but it's also a logistical nightmare. So maybe you're not ready for that just yet. Just throwing that out there, cause I'm curious. And I deal with a lot of people that are building STL files for printable little figures. And so that is a concern that a lot of people in that realm have. I wasn't sure if it applied, but I figured it'd make a great chance for you to pimp your shit.
0: I mean, the figurines no, would be so it. cool, of these.
1: Oh, yeah. See, now
0: that's, that's another next- headache entirely for James. Well, yeah, the next project, awesome. right, James? I love, and Your I love game.
3: minis, too. So, I mean, I
0: have a, I, that's
3: the best thing about being a writer is I can have weird, eclectic hobbies. And I can be like, this is a business expense. I absolutely need all these cards that my business will fund and also lots of minis because reasons and for writing purposes. Or I battle I mean, this- battles, let's say.
1: Yeah, I actually bought a lot of um, Star Wars figurines, and I had to justify that to the tax man. I'm like, honest, it was to tabletop from some battles for the book. I promise, it was yeah. totally not to play with the kids. Totally Definitely for the books. Don't work. All right, so I know we've been at it for for an hour and thirty seven minutes. I know it's oh, uh yes. No, no, it's, no, it's no, been, no, it's, no, that is fine. It's been fun. It's, it's pumpkin time for DJ. Like I think the song. Hypothetically
0: coming up. an hour long podcast that never seems to make it an hour.
1: <laughs> we either go for 45 minutes or two hours. There's no in between. Love it. Uh, but is there anything else about this super cool project that, that we didn't catch? Cause like you said, this is the type of show that we have to do ad hoc and sort of make it up as we go. And that is not my strong suit. There's a reason I script the hell out of everything.
0: He does. Seriously. You should see these questions.
1: It's because
4: yeah, of, you know, I, I, I think it's worth mentioning the the reason we had to set the the price point uh, or the the funding goal that we had is because we want to get these printed by the U.S. Playing Card Company because we know that's super important to card collectors. So um, we are going with the best, and they're the ones who are responsible for the Bicycle Playing Cards. So um we we are going with the best in order they to give you deck like that you the, will be the able custom to Custom
3: citizens decks and yep. all of the all the custom decks are
0: well, all, all okay done by them. actually here's a question so once once everything's funded because we're just going with the positive everything's funded yeah right roughly how long do you think is going to be till and this is rough because like I, I've back Kickstarters since 2020 I, I know that the shipping things can be a little weird when do you hope we have, have to things come out? out to people.
4: After. So basically, uh, based on um, what uh, USPCC tells us is a, a conservative estimate, we think it'll be in people's hands by February, maybe March.
0: That's awesome for a turnaround on Kickstarters.
4: And James, this was well, We've got the art already, which is the nice bit.
3: Yeah. James, they're they're all is- formatted. Everything's laid out. We don't have any. We've we printed sample decks, not from US uh, PC, US USPCC. Guy, I can't say it. We, but uh, but we have the sample decks. we know all of the artwork works. we know all the, the the layouts are good. so and you have the artist locked
0: in the basement in case you need to make those 13 new cards. That's yeah. it.
3: So at, at this point it's just uh, just submitting the files and having the funding to to bulk purchase uh, these decks. Yeah. All right
1: and on a scale of like well, let's not even scale it. How much child labor will be involved in the hunter family as you're fulfilling this obligation because you know you do have kids that need to earn oh, their wow. supper.
3: I, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. I wish I could get more child labor out of them. They are <laughs> terribly inefficient workers. I, I mean, I, like, my, my, my daughter's finally getting to the place where I feel like I can exploit her a little bit. But my son, I mean, he basically, he doesn't even have self-preservation instincts at this point. Like, it, it's, it's my best effort to keep him from running into active traffic. There's no way I'm going to be able to, to, to get him to actually help me with anything. Um, Mine so like is the best just shy of double digits,
0: the and there's still no survival instinct.
1: I mean, you know, there's a so. reason women live longer. Uh, it's because men do stupid shit.
0: Really? I thought it was the of two soldiers.
1: All right. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, it was definitely something, If if more comes of this, that we would enjoy having you come back to talk about. Uh, and we'll or have just, you
0: guys come back and talk about your books next time,
1: too. That was going to be awesome. Absolutely. On, this was so
3: much fun. I had a great time.
1: Are you two <laughs> the only authors that have written in the Viridian Gate universe? No. We could even we do a panel on that for you. That sounds like it could be fun. And then all the shenanigans could happen in one place. I love it. I love oh, it. Outstanding. Outstanding. All right. So um, clearly this interview is winding down. Was there anything we didn't ask that you need to tell us before we close this, uh, puppy?
3: uh nope just check us out check out all of our books at shadowrellypress.com uh you know back the kickstarter at gentleman's and uh, thank you guys so much for having us on this was such an absolute blast and thank you for dj for sacrificing his precious sleep and staying up until 4 a.m uh geneva time to be able to be here i really appreciate it this was a i i messaged him like last minute and i was like hey buddy you know, to come do this interview in, at 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, and I was super
1: pumped. I'm, I'm there. Outstanding. All right. So before we let you go, dear listener, viewer, uh, all the cool people, again, Gentlemanswart.com is the Kickstarter. Go back and share it with your friends if you can't afford it. Somebody will. And then you can buy it later if they get it. Uh, their goals met. But uh, we would like to remind you to uh, please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms. Your reviews help the right readers find the right books. And with that in mind, if you do write a review, it is urban legend that when an independent author gets a hundred views, they are awarded a unicorn. So, do your part.
3: <laughs> Thank uh,
1: you. And actually, in James's case, he opted
3: not to get the unicorn. He got two hundred reviews. He got a My Little Pony. That's true, man. You, I, I have, I, I think on my Audible for for VGL, I have twenty six thousand reviews, and uh, I have a fleet of My Little Ponies. So pretty good.
2: True story.
1: <laughs> your daughter appreciates all the reviews they left to make that happen. It's a true story. It's great. And those even survived the purge where they said, oh, you know this person. Yeah, your friends on Facebook. Yeet, yeet. Yep, that one. Yeet that too. Yep. All right. So James, can you tell listeners how they can find you on the Wild Wild Interwebs?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, of my own personal author site. It's authorjamesahunter.com. Again, I run Shadow Alley Press with my wife, Jeanette. So all of my books are also there. Uh, if you're interested in Veridian Gate Online, you can actually pick up the first three for free on Audible. They're in the Audible Plus catalog, um, and you can also find me on the Facebooks at Writer uh, James Writer uh, James A Hunter.
1: Outstanding, and those will all be in the show notes, dear listener. And now, finally, last but not least, DJ, how can they find you on the wild wild interwebs?
4: So, I'm uh, seo would up to the ceiling. So, if you just type in DJ Bodden in Google, you will find me. Um, you can find me on Amazon. You can find me at djboddenauthor.com. And, and uh, you can find uh, my not so boring uh, vampire books, my Viridian Gate online books, and my fivefold universe sci fi books uh, all in that wonderful place.
1: Outstanding. And, you can, Doc, do you want to try it again? Let's see where they can find you, or you want me to cover this?
0: What?
1: Are, are you ready? To you t- do it. All right. You can find us. Why
0: our- am I going to do more work?
1: I don't know. You've had enough to drink. I might be able to convince you to do evil things. All right. You can find us do on our website. At- sober. This is also true. You can find us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters, tack and tack blades, anchor.fm backslash blasters, dash and dash blades. You can find us on the Twitters over at SF underscore fantasy, underscore show, Sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy, underscore show. It's almost like the SF means sci-fi. You can email the show at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. I promise Seska even answers it occasionally. Blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can follow our shenanigans over there on the face space with facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. And you can support the show over on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters and blades for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help keep the lights on. Or if you want to do a one-time month or one time donation, you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I will keep my co-hosts Doc Saska and Nick Garber duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders.
0: Never surrender.
1: Never quit. That's right. All right, Doc, bring us home.
0: Okay, thank you for joining us today. Uh, don't forget to go back this amazing Kickstarter and share it with all your friends and families. Don't keep a good Kickstarter secret. For N- Nick Garber, who actually showed up amazingly enough, J.R. Hanley, I'm Suska. This is the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next time with our more amazing people. At the same time, same place, indulging our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, picking on JR, things that go boom, and pineapple on pizza—heresy!
1: Heresy. Heresy. I love pineapple on pizza? Wait, what? See? James, I thought we had a mm-hmm. romance going. How could you ruin it? I know. I'm
3: sorry. It's good. It's good. It's the sweet and the savory. They—they they right. pair well together.
1: DJ, this is your time to re- redeem your partner over here. What do you think?
4: I also like pineapple on pizza. All right. Yes. Oh, they are the odd man out. Her- <laughs>